and I'm like trying to untangle it from the bag and it bites my finger so hard. And dude, I'm like, ah, like I, can, I like, couldn't believe the pressure. And it's like hanging on my finger and then in my hand, I'm holding it like this and I can feel the blood just dripping down my hand. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast. It has been quite a bit since I've talked to you guys. It felt, feels like forever, to be honest. So uh, big thanks to Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics Herpeticulture Podcast, as well as Herpeticulture Magazine for... Uh, doing a, a guest host show for me just a couple weeks ago. And then thanks as well to the guys of Cornell's world, uh, Chris and Greg, who actually we did a Facebook live stream and I said, Hey, can I pull that audio and make a podcast out of it? So I appreciate them um, allowing me to do so because I've been sick the last few weeks. Uh, I didn't know that mono can come back after you've had it before, but apparently it can just pop up randomly. So uh, that's why I was sick for, almost a month and uh it kind of sucked so there you go and now here we are now and basically i needed to manage my energy with all the babies that are coming out so uh, right now is in the heat of hatching season at least for me this year all my babies are hatching out in the last month or two so uh, i'm separating babies getting everyone feeding and that being said we have some babies on the website already so i have some some 2020 babies up there uh, probably about half a dozen or so, so just the beginning here, as well as soon I'm going to have some crested geckos and gargoyle geckos up on the website, so keep an eye out for that. And as well as uh, always, I have some isopods available, as well as things like substrate, whether you are looking for cocoa fiber, uh, cocoa chip, aspen, or bioactive bedding, isopod bedding, and different isopod supplies, please check out portcitypet.com, portcitypythons.com. Also, we have a sponsor. So uh, this is something through Patreon is what, what I do is if you reach a certain level, you will actually be a sponsor of the show. And our good friends at Snake Discovery, Ed and Emily, they have signed on to be a sponsor for the show. So go over. You're, you're already subscribed to their YouTube channel, let's be honest. But if you are not, go do that. Do that, do that right now, as well as... They are going to have some babies available as well. So they are breeding a whole bunch of cool animals over there. So please go check out what they are working with. Uh, go reach out to Emily and Ed and uh, pick up some cool, cool animals. Other than that, man, let's get straight to the chase here. I don't have many repeat guests on this show. I mean, just a small handful. And uh, this week is a repeat guest. It is Shane Woodridge of Evergreen State Reptiles. Shane, how's it going? What's up, buddy? It's been I'm a little here. bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, when when was I on the podcast? Oh, uh, I would be lying if I if I told you I knew. Uh, I should have looked it up before we did this, but uh, I guess I'm not prepared. But like it was that. probably after last breeding season. But because I don't remember having babies and stuff. Yeah, I, I could imagine maybe it was early winter. Or fall. Or yeah, like I don't that. remember being this damn hot out at all. That's for sure. Because <laughs> it's hot out. Yeah, but, and I know uh, a, a big thing of what we talked about last time is, I mean, how many shows you're doing and stuff like that. Uh, what's your your current status on shows? Are there any poking up in the Pacific Northwest over there? Hell no. <laughs> I miss shows too, man. 
man, I miss it. I was, I mean, it's hard and not even for like, uh, the sales, you know, like we talked, if you remember the podcast before shows to me are like, uh, man, it's like a, I don't know. It's like, a. it's not like just a reptile show, you know, it's like where I kind of, like I told, I think I remember talking to you about, it's kind of like challenging myself. Like I'll do myself every time I want to, it's not about making myself look better than any other booth. It's about making myself look better than last time and being the best I can. You know what I mean? Like challenging myself to always outdo myself, but not to where it's like convoluted and sloppy. But, uh, man, I just get excited. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's Christmas in a way, but not in the way a lot of people feel. It's not, it's not just the reptiles. Like a lot of people love it for the reptiles. You know what I mean? They're like, they're excited because it's a reptile show. But for me, it's like, it's the challenge of like the booth and the visual as much as it is the reptile. And then it is also the customer relation and the communication. You know what I mean? Like I could go to a show and not sell or have any snakes, but still be able to have that communication and be happy because I'd like to talk to people as much as I like to sell people a snake. You know what I mean? Like, and that's gone. Like it's a struggle, man. It's kind of weird, but I feel like I'm handling it. You know, I just keep thinking it's going to come back going to come back. So for those who have never done a show, like it's a whole, I don't know the, the night before the prep of the whole thing, the, the morning of you wake up early, you're kind of like, a little bit nervous, kind of, what did I leave behind? What is in, uh, is everything yep. in my box? Am I ready to go? Are we going to be set up on time to get everything done? And like, and it, it always kind of works out, right? And you get all your stuff done on time and then all the people flood in and it's just, it's just like a big, a big rush of, of people talking all the time and a big adrenaline rush the whole time of just like, and at the end of the day, I'm just like, holy shit, that just like flew by and you're kind of exhausted. And it's like, and it's, a, yeah, it's so much different than just doing a reptile show or just going to a reptile show. You're speaking to hundreds of people probably in a day. And, and uh, yeah, and you get to talk to people who for the first time actually kind of care what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you can't talk snakes to just everyone off the street. Yeah. I don't know. I had, I bought some new stuff for the booth, you know, and I didn't get a chance to to unveil it, you know, like some new like table liners or uh, what do you call them? Not table liners, but uh, table runners. Cause like my, my cloth, my cloth, uh, tablecloths are black and my table runners, they were never like quite right the way they were. So I bought white ones. So it's black on white with the black decal. Didn't get to show those off. I was all ready to rock on those and stoked about it. We were like two weeks away. I had some other ideas and other things coming up and, you know, stuff that no one's ever done and stuff that's like, wow, why hadn't anybody done that? You know, like different stuff. Can you hear that car revving? A little bit. Yeah. I've never heard that. There's all of a sudden <laughs> we're doing a podcast and somebody's working on like a 1970s beater out there, just revving it over and over. I hope it doesn't distract too much. No, it's um, good. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, it's kind of like, you know, it's hopefully it comes back at some point. I don't know who knows really what the hell's going on. You know, like I, I, I don't know. 
does anybody like it's like so weird but like some of my buddies man like i don't know how many people you talk to but you got like a group of like seven 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 to ten kind of like super close guys in the hobby that aren't just like reptile friends but they're kind of like more so real life friends and a few of them are struggling because you know they're like kind of like landlocked you know and uh you know people need to get out i feel like we've been doing okay but um i don't know some people don't give a shit and they've just been going about their ways but even then if you go about your ways still stuff's not still the same regardless you know the county fair is not going on that was a big thing beach communities are closed and stuff but i mean the reptile shows man i need that to come back and not even for like the sales but just i mean the reptiles sell you know reptiles are selling you're selling stuff right i mean it's, oh it's great it's crazy it's, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just have to have your shipping equipment on on in stock you know you gotta have your ice packs and your boxes and and your ink cartridges is ready because you're gonna be printing i mean i just got back from fedex that's why i had to run there before this but um I mean, I prefer show sales and it doesn't feel the same at all. Yeah, for sure. I'd rather show it off and talk and oh, what about this one? And here's why I like this one. And you see the color variations and the patterns and you know this one. You know, I don't know, whatever. Talk and talk about my animals and I like to bring adults to the show and show that stuff off. And you know, it's just not the same. I don't want to be an online salesman. I mean, I love Instagram. I love Instagram, you know, like I like communication on Instagram, to be honest with you. And I wish there was even more communication on Instagram, believe it or not. There's really not that much. Like you get a lot of likes, but you don't get that much communication still. Like I would love more communication, believe it or not. Cause you know what I mean? To kind of like, cause I need that communication, dude. I like that. Like more comments. It's crazy. I'll look at accounts and some people get like 20 or 30 comments on a picture and they won't go back and like the comment and they won't respond to the comment and they just keep getting likes and comments. You know what I mean? But they don't go back and give those people any kind of, but like, I always try to make sure to like and or comment to every comment that I receive because, you know, somebody's taking their time to ask, point out or give it, you know, a proper comment, you know, you should at least give them the like, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost wish that Instagram was almost even more personable as far as the communication goes for the reptiles. But it's kind of a fast paced deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, but I've, I've formed so many relationships through Instagram and stuff like that, or just people who constantly comment. And then, yeah, I think, no, yeah, I think I've finally gotten to the point. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm finally at the point where it's like there's a steady amount of people in my inbox all the time just kind of talking snakes here and there. And, Sometimes it can get overwhelming, but it's like, I don't know. It's it's fun to always have a group of people who are interested in and talking about snakes. And every once in a while, there'll be a new person there talking, uh, asking something about their corn snake or asking about different morphs or stuff like that. And that, that keeps it, keeps it fun. I got a pretty cool corn snake in last week. My brother, Jeremy, you know, Jeremy Brace. I yeah. call him my brother. He's not really my biological <laughs> brother, but he's my brother. He, uh, he produced a uh, peppermint tesseras two years now. And I think he's probably the only guy with them. I don't know. Do you know anybody else that has them? I believe I saw, um, he oh, said another guy had him and his, his warehouse burned down or something, but. Oh, so that know. was probably Tim. 
Tim Magnum. I don't, uh, know. I don't know if that's public information. So. It is, or is, I don't know the guy's name. I just now it is. Oh, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> but well, I, uh, I didn't say it. You did, but nevertheless, uh, you, you set me up, out. man. Uh, I don't know who it was, but anyway, he sent me a peppermint test, right, dude? It's cool looking. I'm yeah, gonna raise that up. Sick. Um, I know there's uh, Blackheart Reptiles, I believe they are, who over here in the Northeast. I know they work with some some peppermint stuff. And Jesus, what is the AC set at? Eighty? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, my it's like. The, the the peppermints i mean they start out they start out decent i mean i like how they look but they just mature so much better they just get better with age and that's that's not something that always happens you know yeah so what are you doing uh as far as i saw those red bulls i believe that you that you posted up whether it may have been today or just a couple of days ago did you produce those i produced them yeah so actually i you were talking about emily on your sponsors um, my kids, I try to get them into reptiles, you know, as much as I can, but I don't want to like force it. Just like I try to get them to wrestle and I don't want to force it. They wrestle, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want to make them live it, you know, but I mean, I want to make them live it like I did for, for, I wish I would have, but nevertheless, they wrestle, but they will only watch Emily on YouTube and they watch it on their own. I don't even like tell them to watch it or turn it on. They watch a little Dave, you know, but they watch every one of Emily's episodes and Raylan. So these, the red bull snake, albino bull, I have an albino, regular albino male. And that's was the, who I paired him to and Raylan, my oldest, um, she showed me an episode where Emily has a red albino and she paired it to an albino bull and only got normals. And I was kind of tripped out. I was like, oh, my God. That's like the same pairing I did. Like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like anery type one, anery type two. And uh, somehow I still got all albinos, you know, but the the male albino and the red albino female look nothing alike. I need a red albino male. And these things would be even more red. They have a little yellow in them, and it's because that male, who's a killer animal, I bought him from a reputable breeder as a sub-adult, as a female. So much for being a reputable breeder. Sold it to me as a female. Showed up as a male. Jackass. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it turned out to be an amazing clutch, though. I'm super stoked about it. And that's the first bull snake clutch, but we have probably, I don't know. 12 now 12 12 adults sub adults next year we'll have probably six or seven litters so so is, is that something that you have like a personal interest in in particular oh hell yes yeah isn't that cool look at those things dude i love the way the the red some of, are, look. some of them are a lot nicer than the others too and some of them yeah. it's gonna be i'm waiting for him to shed you know i'm gonna hold a few back and i got a long list of uh people wanting them you know there's i I'm probably going to sell 10 to the 13 and there's probably 20 people on the list, but I've learned that you need 30 because if you're going to sell 10, even 30 people on the list, 30 people ain't paying for them. So <laughs> yeah. that's it. That's the way it's, you know, just uh tricolor hogs. I've been working my ass off with those this year and uh, I had, you know, 15 people on the list. 
And I said, well, okay, I, I want to get them eating right because I don't want to sell anything that, you know, someone's going to have to work weird stuff with the food. And, and all of a sudden, five, there's five people are on the list and only like two people out of those five ended up following through. And But they were like constantly messaging me like, is it ready? Is it ready? And then all of a sudden, okay, I'm like, all right, it's ready. And like, oh, never mind. So, and that's fine. You know, whatever. People have the right to change their mind and stuff, but... All I'm saying is I got to take more, more people than I have available because you never know who's going to fall off. Yeah. That's why I, think... I like shows though. Cause shows people just, mm-hmm. they're right there and you don't have to ding around with people. How much better is it though? Also just to hand someone a snake and not have to go through all the emails back and forth, the tracking information, the insulated boxes, the heat packs, the cold packs, you know, it's a, uh, so much easier yeah, I, to be at a show. I mean, I, I don't, I actually usually don't really explain that stuff too much. I just, I just try to tell people like, Hey, you know, I'm in business. I've been doing this a long time. I've yet to ever lose an animal. I don't know about you. I've never shipped an animal that died and I've never received. I did lose one lizard. A guy sent me a lizard, but that lizard uh, passed a gallstone in shipping. Right. It would have happened if it was there or here, you know, like, uh, it actually had a gallstone like stuck in its gullet. It was crazy and expand, you know, like it tore the anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of animal shipped with nothing dying. So I just kind of laid out there right away, you know, obviously like you don't have to look too far to see that's pretty legit stuff. You know, seems like people nowadays kind of know it's not the wild, wild west mm-hmm. anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's out, it's, it's out there for people to see. So but you'd be surprised how many people are still ordering from the first person that comes up on Google, you know, and, and those are typically kind yeah. of, you iffy. don't have to say the names, but no, yeah, no, we yeah, know who we're just... talking about. <laughs> and, uh, because I, I, I look at the like BOI groups and stuff like that. It's like, who has bought from here and he was bought from here. And like, I'm always kind of surprised how, how many people just buy from the first person. But then again, there's also, a large amount of people who are on Instagram looking, you know, looking for reputable people on Facebook, all that good stuff. So, um, I mean, there's, there's people for everyone out there. When people find that snake they're looking for, dude, they lose their shit and they, and they pull and they just go for it. You know? Yeah. The, the best thing is the, someone who at first you're like, Listen, I don't, I don't think this person's that serious or like this person's kind of young. And then you realize that they're like super into it and they pull the trigger and like, they're good to go and they're attentive and they want to learn everything about the animal. And it's like, yeah, I love just having that experience of someone who's just as excited, uh, more so than even that someone who just buys an animal through my website and doesn't really interact that much. Oh yeah. So how, when you do the corn stuff, the corn market's kind of livening up, huh? seems like a lot of people are looking for corns. Yeah, I mean, colubrids in general. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's where I'm at. You know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I yeah. love colubrids. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all in on colubrids. I, I mean, that's... I tried it with boas. Dude, I had a terrible year with boas. Terrible year. I still got one boa that's... I expect to drop a litter, but... I try. I tried for three females. Two of them didn't work out, and I'm waiting on this third one. But I might. I might just, just say, adios on all that, <laughs> because uh, I did buy into a few more ball python projects. I got some 
uh, cool clown uh, Xanthic stuff going. I I like the way that stuff looks, but I wanted the higher end stuff. So I figured if I was going to go ball stuff, I would do that. I got some cool highway stuff too, but um, I, you know, stay away from the balls for the majority of stuff because a lot of people, they're still, that's all they do is balls, you know, but um, yeah, I got a ton of, a ton of uh, milk snakes, a ton of Hondurans and a ton of really neat Pueblins going and they're not even up to breeding age next year and the year after I'll have a ton of new stuff that'll breed. And then I got a bunch of cow Kings that I've been raised, still raising up from my first production in 2017 and 2018, those first two years. And, uh, I got some scaleless corn stuff that real nice scaleless corn stuff, nothing with that ridge back, you know, where there's still like some scales. Mm-hmm. I don't like those corns that look like that. I like when they actually like scaleless the whole way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we got some of that coming along. Um, Het Amel and Het Albino scaleless with a Tessera Amel Albino. That's Het scaleless. So I'll make Amel Tessera scaleless, Albino Tessera scaleless. It's going to be cool stuff. So. Yeah, there's something about the scaleless and pattern mutations, although I don't work with scaleless and I don't plan to, but still, I mean, it looks so crisp and so clean uh, when you put scaleless into the mix. Oh, you disappeared for one second. Yeah, how do I stop people from calling me? Oh, damn, that's what happened? Yeah. There's no way to stop it, huh? Yeah, no. that's going to happen. Does it happen a lot? I mean, you can, these? no, no. I mean, usually uh, people are on their computer or oh, even the people oh, who've had it on, on their phone, it's man. rarely happened. Um, I don't know oh. if you can just turn your ringer off. Maybe that is what. It's already off. Oh, okay. I don't know. Hopefully not well, a bunch of people call. Hopefully but, not um, a bunch. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love the way that scale is just looks and, and makes the patterns crisp and clean. And I don't know if you saw like uh, Don Soderberg put up this motley corn scaleless that just looked, you know, perfect dots down the center and stuff. Just the scaleless makes it look so much better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, I like scaleless. I, I didn't when I first saw it. I was like, eh, I'm not for that. I don't really like it. I saw those scaleless balls at first and I was like, eh, not my thing. And then uh, the corns, they start looking cleaner and cleaner as more were produced. And I was like, yeah, I'll get a pair. But I'm, I got some palmettos I'm raising up. And then, um, is it moonshine or moonbeam? What's the corn? Moonstone. Here? Moonstone. <laughs> Moonstone. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, I met this older guy. He's like in his late 70s and he lived just 20 miles from me. A uh, customer hit me up and they're like, hey, this older guy has got this massive collection of great snakes and I think you should get a hold of him. He wants to get rid of it all. And I was like, what? I've never heard of this guy. Like, how would I how would I not, not know this guy even exists? So I hit this guy up. Dude, He, you name it, he had it. He had the Moonstone Corn. He had, um, he had green anacondas. He had some bull, uh, Burmese. He had a hypo bull. He had a blackhead python. He had an indigo. He had, I mean, you name it. Like he had one of everything, right? And uh, 
I helped him sell a few things, right? Didn't take any commission, just hooked him up. He put stuff at my table. He, he put the price, he got the money. Like I just, he was a nice guy, old man. I helped him out, but I bought a few animals as well. I bought the Moonstone and I sent it to Jeremy. It's a nice female and he got a huge clutch out of her. So I'm getting half of those babies. I'm super stoked about it because it's kind of a rare animal, supposedly, right? So I believe it's lavender and annery, which I mean, lavender stuff, know, it seems every, everyone cool wants looking. it, but, but there's really not much going out there. And I mean, there's some kind of varying opinions on, on the, the lavender stuff, but I mean, everyone wants it and that's a beautiful, beautiful animal. Oh yeah. But, and he bred it to, gosh, I couldn't tell you. You ought to have him on your podcast, dude. He's all corns. He had 91 corn clutches this year. 91. You guys could get that makes me corns. sick, <laughs> dude. That would that would make my life clutches. so terrible. Does is he full time? Well, yeah, he's full time. He's a retired military. Oh, okay. What branch was he in? Do you know? We're kind of lagging. Your voice is lagging oh. behind. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Your voice is lagging behind your visual here. Is it me or what? Um, I is that after you, you brought up that moon uh, stone thing? Okay, I won't. Uh, I won't mess around too much. But uh, I, I finally have. I finally you have. Yeah, better uh, do it again. Meadows. What's that? I said God. maybe you need to do it again to make it go back. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just bang on it. I'll bang on the care. computer. Uh, so I got I got some palmettos. Uh, anyway, finally, finally in the in the egg. Any day now, I should hatch. Yeah. Ideally, I should hatch some out. I don't want to say anything, but uh, they're literally due like in the next three to five days at the very most. I lost you. I can't hear you. Shit. Um, can can everyone hear me in the chat? Cause, cause I can hear you just fine, and you're you're right on time. But anyway, I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna keep on talking until you can uh, you can hear me in real time. But so uh, palmettos, yeah, I'm I whiffed on them last year, and I'm really hoping that I can finally produce can you hear them me, this Joe? year. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. And they say in the chat that they can hear both of us. I don't know. Maybe it's a headphone thing? No, it couldn't be. But it doesn't make sense that, that your audio comes through, but you can't hear me in real time. Thank you, everyone, for the responses in the chat. But if if oh, I don't have any on. palmettos come out of here, I will be super super bummed. Um, I have some some really cool buff stuff that also I hatched out, as well as some some het palmetto motley stuff that I'm really really enjoying the look of. A lot of really new stuff this year. I kind of, um, although it may not have been the most advantageous to to you know maybe the bottom line or whatever you want to call it, I 
really mixed it up in the pairings just to really get some new stuff because I've been producing too much of the of the same things for the last two years, to be honest. So I wanted to mix it up. Even though I have a lot of the same animals, I have a few animals that grew up into breeding, uh, breeding size, but largely the same, you know, the same pairings going on. But I was, uh, I just decided to get all willy nilly with, uh, with the pairing. So I got things like this, this really cool, um, het palmetto motley, which is also het honey and possible het ghost. So I just said, screw it. Let's make, uh, let's go for, for palmetto honeys one day. So, uh, so that will be my big thing in the future. And I got, I actually got a Tessera Motley, uh, het palmetto, het honey. So if you guys don't know, het palmetto is actually an incomplete dominant. So that's why I say het palmetto motley. And then I say het honey, possible het ghost. I know that's super confusing. I'm sorry. Um, that's just the way, the way they were named. All right. How are you doing, Shane? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. No. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. You can? Yeah, I man. Hear I you? hear you perfectly fine. Maybe just the it's a headphone thing. And uh James, I do have a butter motley female from um from Austin at Ragebeard Reptiles. And he actually, I believe, uh, has made some more in the in the last few years. So yeah, butter motley's is definitely a thing. Um, sulfur, yes. Can you hear me? Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Sulfurs. I I actually took a break and I didn't make sulfur slash fire clutch this year, and I kind of mix it up a little bit, which I'm pretty pretty cool. Um, make sure that you're not muted or anything. I guess it's no use in me talking to him if he can't hear me. But um. Here, I will drop him out. But yeah, I also today, and I guess I haven't really made this public unless you looked at my Instagram stories, but. So there they were slightly pipped, that one egg, and now that one egg is still slightly pipped, but I have... I have um, a Louisiana pine snake head out of there. Did I not put that in the stream? I hope I put that in the stream. I think I did. Anyway, hope you guys can hear that as well as um, some other babies that we hashed out. We have some ghost stuff coming up. This one in particular is a coral ghost. So me and Laura, Laura's in the chat right now. We were kind of talking about uh, how to tell our regular ghost from coral ghosts. And as you can see, at least mine tend to always, and mine are always lighter in coloration. My female is very, very light in coloration. And my male is my coral ghost. And they always have this pink and purple blushing over here and on the head. And just general, you'll get real slight, subtle hints of pink in which I find that my regular ghost, I have much more of an anery look, a much darker look than, uh, than this guy right here. Also, oh, here you go. Look, here's a regular ghost. That's a dark one. That's a dark one. Ooh, I picked up fox snakes, which is a really, really cool project that I'm super, super excited about. It's Chris Montrose of Dark Horse Horpiticulture produced these guys. And these are the Western variety. And these ones in particular are from Nebraska. 
And uh, yeah, I got a pair of them and I'm just about to feed them for the first time tonight. And I'm, I'm super excited to work with them. They're really fun so far. It's like, it's like a, it's a corn snake pituophis mix. It's a really, really cool little snake, but uh, hopefully Chris can breed the Eastern variety and I can pick those up in another year or so. Here's a cool fire test row that I have up on the website right now. Obviously potential mask, but look at that. It's a, I don't know. Is this a Panda or is it a scream mask? I don't know. You tell me, but um, Shane, can you hear me? <laughs> Amazing. We did it. Fucking Corona, bro. <laughs> That's what it was. Fuck. What happened? I don't know. They got us. You need a better server. <laughs> I don't know Dude, what you're talking was, about. I've done hundreds terrible. of these. I'm sorry, man. That's never happened before? No, no, not oh once. I'm not going to lie happened? to you. It never has? <laughs> not, no. No, we definitely oh, had some connectivity man. issues, and it's always on uh, – at least I always blame it on the other person. Maybe it's not always the other person, but – I'm sure it's these headphones, fucking Apple. <laughs> well, I'm sure you entertained everybody. It gave me a chance to get pissed off, so I'm sure we're going to have a good uh, podcast now. I'm all fired up. Yeah, I mean, what are some hot topics I can get you more pissed yeah, off about? I don't know. I don't. I don't know your buttons. I don't know your your reptile. That was good. Buttons. We got it right there. I was <laughs> man. That was anyway. So what I, else you I got? Just we got were these uh... AirPods, and they're they've been they've actually I've had some issues with them. So anyway, sorry. Guys. I think uh, James James Lewis was asking earlier. He was asking uh, what you have your tricolored hognose on, and kind of what's your What's what your process of getting feeding, uh, feeding wise? Sorry. So what are they feeding on? So what I have them on for bedding is a cypress cocoa mix type deal, but mainly just cypress, right? Uh, if you do cocoa, I think they end up ingesting too much of it because it kind of coats the, the food items. I try to feed them on what I do is I wet a paper towel and I fold it up into like three or four squares and then I lay it in there and then I put the food item on that and they usually eat it off that. But that's adults and babies. The babies actually are kept on moist towels for like four weeks until they've had several meals. I'll tell you what, the tricolors won't eat until they're like two or three weeks old. And the best way, man, you can try like any kind of gecko scent, fish scent, tuna sauce, whatever. That shit does not work. The best way is take a trout or a salmon or a steelhead. Go catch a fish. Not many people know how to do that anymore these days, but you take a stick with a line and a worm and a sharp hook. <laughs> anyway, you go catch a fish and you take the head and the guts and put it in a plastic bag. Or you can go buy a whole fish, probably from somewhere, and uh, put it in a plastic bag and freeze it. You take your pinky and you rub it inside like the whole fish inside it on the guts, salmon, trout, steelhead, or if you have the bag of guts and the head, man, that's, you know, the kind of metallic smell, like when you clean a fish, I don't know if you're a fisherman, but the smell of like fish, blood and guts, mm -hmm. they go crazy, man. They eat like that. I mean, a friend of mine taught me this. He said he's hatched 500 of them and he's lost two. Whoa, that's impressive. It is impressive. So that's better I've than uh, corn snakes. 
I know. I mean, you're right. Yeah, corn snakes even kind of struggle, right? You have to do the boiled pinky once in a while, live pinky, whatever. I mean, hog nose people do the Vienna sausage sauce. They do the live pinky. They do the tuna juice. They do. Dude, I had a hog nose that only ate tadpoles. I had a hog nose that only ate a gecko wrapped pinky. I ate a hog. I had a hog nose that would not eat anything. And then I tried a live pinky right from nursing i mean it sounds kind of brutal but literally from nursing to the tub like boom and that milk smell ate that thing was on death's doornail it was baby born here it would not eat anything it would just hiss and run away i tried live i tried this try that you don't want to try to fight feed hognose live it's just not it's not the best and they usually get stuck on it if you do but that nursing pinky that milks oh you got another call <laughs> maybe it's the call that messed us up i don't know i don't think so maybe <laughs> i should have shut the notification for something for to calls blame. off i should if i should shut that off but um anyway uh what was i saying but no like if you take a fish that's the that's the that's the secret, man. That is a secret. I've had a hundred percent success rate, and uh, and they don't play around either. And, and I've only had to do it like twice, and then uh, pinky with no no uh, no scent, and they take it. So yeah, that's great. What's interesting about the tricolors is you can pop them. When the westerns, you really can't pop them, but the tricolors. Their tails are, are much like corns and kings. Their scales are much more like they're not, they're not uh, you know what I mean? Like their body shape and they have the same head as a Western, but their body, the way their scales are, they're not keeled, you know? So. And how is it as far as breeding goes? I mean, how many, how many females you have, how many males you have? So I only have one male and four females. And what I do is I, I feed every third day, which is not like a Western. A Western, you feed like every five to seven days. So every third day I feed, and when I feed, I just move the male. So he goes in his own tub to eat, but on every third day, he's moving to another female. And he's actually grown through the breeding season, so he's not been hard on him. People, people have said, oh, you're going to burn him out. He hasn't lost weight. He's actually gotten lar much larger. When I started the breeding season, he was actually fairly small. Now he's like fairly large. So I pro I would have liked to have two though. That way he was just going between two two females. And this year I'll hold back a male, and next year it'll be ready. You know they only take a year. Males only take six to eight months to mature. That's but wild. I'm sure, somebody would complain. Yeah. <laughs> that's and that's, these... so that was my most recent clutch. And I was about yeah. to say they have usually like multiple clutches, right? It's not that uncommon. That was her fifth clutch. That's and fucking out, ridiculous. Every one of those eggs is fertile. Every one of those eggs is fertile, and that male's been breeding four females all season, and he's still pushing out fertile clutches. Isn't that amazing? It's dude. It's proper feeding. Um, you know, if you if people fed him once a week, I think they would they wouldn't do well at all. So. And how often are you 
Are you feeding them like after they lay and stuff? Oh, you're like lagging that? again. See, you pulled up uh, that Instagram. See, I'm trying to get Say fancy. Trying to get fancy. So, how many? How often are you feeding, say, it. a female, a female that just laid, as well as the, as well as the breeding males, and also, um, I forgot what else I was going to ask, but we can go from every there. third day. But if they lay, I thought I thought three uh, hoppers out as soon as I find the eggs. That's why, like in that picture, she's eating before I even pull the eggs. So if I find eggs, I go immediately and thaw three uh, hopper, three hoppers out. And as far as uh, how long have you had yeah. them, and like what is the typical season? I mean, how long is there between clutches? Uh, just probably four weeks, maybe four weeks. I've had I've been raising them for. Oh, uh, I don't know. Two years, maybe. I bought a pair from Dan Eby, and uh, I bought, I traded a female for my pair, my trio of Abronia to a friend of mine locally, and then I bought my, that male I have is not the pair, one of the ones I got from Dan, though, and then I bought my male from someone else because his head hypo E, and then, which some of the females I have are obviously head as well because i i didn't make a hypo baby so i didn't even know that, that existed to be honest oh dude i can't hear you again uh so i didn't know that i didn't know that there was a hypo tricolor no and what i really want to ask see if is, that instagram thing's running in the background anything different right now Hello, hello, hello. I'll leave and come right back. Uh, and okay, this is going swimmingly. Nah, it's really not that bad. But yeah, I didn't know that there was a hypo tricolor hognose. I wonder what that looks like. In my opinion, I mean, the tricolor hognose are already really, really, really cool looking. So I think a hypo will probably only uh, dampen the natural look of the animal. And there he is. All Good. right, let's see how this goes. I hear you just fine. It's something to do when you pull up that uh, Instagram, I think. So the people in the comments are saying, put your phone in airplane mode. Okay, let's see. And I don't know. They're smarter than me, so. It's in airplane mode, but we'll see. There you go. Um, so yeah, uh, did, did you have to repair the animals? Did you have to put that male with the yeah, female? Yeah, I continue to repair them, absolutely. So that so, male's going to work. Yeah, he, he's breeding, he's breeding, but he's eating a lot, you know. I was, like I said, I was kind of worried about it, but I monitor him and watch, and he's like growing, he's not being, you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with hog nose in general, but if a male's, they kind of become soft if they're like losing muscle mass from breeding and stuff, dude, this guy's like a stallion. He's getting stronger. He's getting bigger. <laughs> but, uh, I was going to tell you something about, Oh, when you're double clutching hog or, uh, corn snakes, how many corn snakes do you have that double clutch? I usually don't try. 
So I don't try either, right? Everybody tells me, oh, you got to double clutch your kings. So two of mine double clutched on their own, right? And I was pretty upset because, not upset, that's a terrible word to use. I guess I was disappointed because I saw the one female double clutching and I didn't repair her. But Jeremy told me, don't pair for a double clutch because you could push the snake to a double clutch. She may not be capable of that on her own. And then you're asking too much of her, you could kill her. But if she's going to do it on her own, let her do it on her own. If she gives you viable eggs, great. If she doesn't, toss them. And I said, well, she, if you see her ovulating and starting to build follicles for a double clutch, why not pair her? And he said, okay, well, at that point, you could pair her. But don't pair and push a double clutch. And I thought to myself, you know, he's got a good point. Don't push a double clutch. A lot of people do. They're pushing hard for double clutches on all these colubrids. So two of my Cal Kings double clutched on their own. One gave me five perfect eggs and the other one gave me four duds. And I was the first one that double clutch was the one that gave me four duds. And I was kind of like, son of a bitch, you know, like that's four snakes that could have been, I mean, I could have whatever kept them back. I could have gave them away. I could have sold them, whatever. It's not about the money. It's just about the life. Like that's four eggs that are going in the garbage, you know, like what a bummer. You know, I could have done something cool with them. It could help somebody get started, whatever. I do a lot of that. I give snakes away all the time. Ridiculous. And uh, I didn't, you know, I just let it go to shit. And then the next one, I saw it happening and I was like, I'm not going to pair her because she was the first one that my male was paired to. So I figured she would, if anybody had enough, she would be able to do it. And sure enough, she laid five perfect eggs. And they bounced back tremendously, just perfect, you know. But so that's, uh, he, that's he made, similar to what I would do. So you made a good but, point, though. Like, don't push yeah. for the double clutch; just allow it to happen. So I think the, the people who are really successful with double clutching all the time are people who probably start out with pretty obese animals. And I don't know yeah. if that is really like a good long-term solution. Because I mean, and mine, mine will double clutch occasionally but it's just the females who are ready to do it right and like half of them will lay slugs probably 75 percent will lay slugs and 25 percent will will give me viable eggs and it will be like four eggs instead of like 12 or something like that yeah well what's crazy is the uh two cow kings that gave me the uh, double clutches are the two smallest cow kings i have mm. not big they were actually on the i was thinking eh, maybe i shouldn't breed them maybe i should you know but if they're taking retired breeder, adult female mice, if they can take those down, then I'll breed them. You know, if they can take those down, I'll breed them. You know, so I get those from this guy that I get my frozen rodents from. So once in a while, he'll he'll have like, you know, like a pack of fifty retired breeders. Those things are friggin' huge, you know. And if they can take those down, then I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and breed them, but. Anyway, those double clutched. I was pretty stoked about the one, and it was the uh, that first high white, that first high white uh, group that had hatched like a week and a half, two weeks ago. That's the same female. So I love the cow kings. That's my. It's like you know, I just love them. I I can get rid of everything. <laughs> I can get rid of everything and just have cow kings. That's For me, favorite. man, they are they're obnoxious. 
I don't know. They latch on to me. Yeah, Yeah, they just don't want to let go. Even my Eastern kink snake, she launched. She launched out of the tub and bit me in the foot while I was feeding her. Uh, You know, (laughs) dude. (laughs) Another time, she came out and did that, and I jumped up on a chair real quick. But uh, yeah, the second time she got me, she got me. I don't want getting bit by snakes. I really no, me either. I breed snakes. (laughs) <laughs> I, I tell people all the time like i'm not gonna act like i i don't like i see people that act like zombies and they stand there and get bit and they think it's funny or whatever like yeah i'll do everything i can not to get bit you know i don't I'm not, i handle and ding around with all these snakes i do not want to get bit like i don't care i don't mind the hog nose so much just like i don't like that i don't mind the lizard bites like i don't care about the lizard bites they don't bother me Except for that Aki that bit me. That thing tore me up. It deceived my finger. No. Well, yeah, it was like a, a almost adult male. This thing was a tame Aki. A friend of mine asked me if I could ship it for him. So I go get it, and he had it in this crappy old Reptile Basics bag. It was like 10 years old, and the threads were hanging on it. So I, I got it home, and I opened it up. I looked in there. And the Aki was wrapped around the threads. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. So I got a brand new bag down. And I'm like trying to untangle it from the bag. And it bites my finger so hard. And dude, I'm like, ah, like I I couldn't believe the pressure. And it's like hanging on my finger. And then in my hand, I'm holding like this. And I can feel the blood just cold and drip, like warm, but cold dripping down my hand. And it would... Literally, I'm like, holy shit, this thing is biting me as hard as it can. And then all of a sudden, it bite harder. And I was like, oh, my God, how's it biting me harder? And then I was like, holy shit, it's biting me as hard as it can. And then all of a sudden, it bite me harder. And I was like, oh, my God, it's biting me as hard as it can. And it, every time it bite, it slide. It would slide oh. more and more. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, grab some paper towels for me, please. And she goes to get it, like, on our snake cart in the garage. I go, no, no, go in the house. I go, this is really bad. My finger's going to be opened up. And she goes, oh, no, it won't. And I go, I swear to God, this is going to be horrible. And then I go, look. And I grabbed my wrist and I squeezed it. And the blood just literally just went. <laughs> and she goes, oh, my God. And she, like, runs in the house, comes back with so much warm, wet paper towels. And, like, I finally get the Aki off. And I turn around. And I'm like, this is my finger. And opened it up. And she covers her eyes and blood just everywhere. Dude, this is this Aki's head's like the size of my thumb. And uh, we had to open it up. And the bone was like literally right there, dude. It was so crazy. The amount of pain. My finger still hurts four months later, like just going like this. Like, so I did you do anything feel... for it? You just wrap it up. No, I just cleaned it up and wrapped it up. <laughs> and uh, it peeled for two months. <laughs> that's and, how you know uh, it's good it was weird dude and the garage floor was just covered in blood like Ooh. looks like somebody got stabbed with a fingernail file you know like <laughs> it's just it was it was wild but i'd still much rather take that bite than like a, a bite from the false water cobras which chase you by the way they're just brutal i tell people that and they don't believe me you open the tub and like look over your shoulder and they're like coming for you and you're like running away. <laughs> How many falsies do you have? Three adults, adult trio. Nice. Dude, have you like, gotten a shot to, to breed them? 
they weren't well they're probably just coming into the size this year and uh, they just shed both females just shed a few days ago last year a buddy of mine got eggs in july so there's a good chance that um could still maybe get a clutch or two but i don't know i mean i feed them really well and take good care of them i keep big huge things of water in there for them because they they love the water like it's crazy i've seen people keep like water cups inside there and mine have tubs like you know like the black tubs you know talking about the cement tubs mm-hmm. i keep them in the bow racks i don't know what are those like four feet by four feet and they're like 12 inches tall or maybe even 14 and i have the cement mixing tub in there and did i go in there and they're like but every time you open the tub they're like food and then like pop up like this and they come out like a frozen rope and (laughs) they hood and the male specifically like he'll come out and like I don't know. I was telling another guy on uh, Instagram about it, and he was like, holy shit, dude. He goes, did somebody tell you my story? Because I told him mine chases me. And he goes, people tell me that's not true, and I'm making it up. He goes, "He goes, it makes me feel so good that you're, like, telling me that because I tell people that, and they call me a liar. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you, bro. A big, a, you know, hungry male that's breeding like and i mean they're sizable dominant i mean how big is he seven feet yeah it's like (laughs) that's a lot it's big around you know i mean it's interesting bro but once he realizes it's not food then he's cool you know then you can kind of go back and forth and then occasionally be like and then like you're like whoa motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) surely ain't no corn snake bro have you been bit uh no i haven't been bit i they he's definitely opened his mouth to come down like it's so weird the way their mouth opens too it's almost like it doesn't look like a regular snake's mouth because it's like i mean it's rounded but the way it opens it's so weird it's almost like it wants to take like a i don't know it's, it's like weird it's almost like a look at it's just a weird little deal i don't know have you seen like the uh, lavenders? I feel like it belongs in a movie. Michael has a bunch of lavenders, and so does Jeremy, the guy with the corns. See, those I are people are laughing super at me, cool. or when they listen to this, they're gonna be like, "This guy's a pussy. He's full of shit." I don't care. I'm laughing. <laughs> I'll stick to, dude. I'll, I'll handle my bull snakes, and they hiss and open their mouth, and I'll reach in and touch their head, and they'll strike at me and bump me, and I don't. Dude, it's just the something about those false waters, bro. And I tell you what, when they hood up, it doesn't look like a cobra. It's identical to a cobra. When I first got interested in them, that hood, it people say, oh, it imitates. It's it's kind of like a cobra. If they're pissed off enough and flat out enough, dude, that thing is as wide as a cobra. Like, it's exactly the same. It's pretty awesome, really. And I don't really, I know that they're rear fang venomous, so I don't really want to be bitten by one. I don't want to figure out how toxic it is. There's this crazy YouTube video. This guy's got this female. He's kind of like an older biker looking guy, if I remember. I could be way off. He could. Sounds like a lot of snake guys. He gets this female out 
Percy rubs uh, hand sanitizer all over him because <laughs> she bites so much. But <laughs> just to try bites, to not smell like food or something. Well, she when she bites, she bites him like fifteen times. Like, you know, but like she's getting hand sanitizer in her mouth and then she stops, but it's never like, uh, like a, like a gnaw bite. It's like a, it's like a pinch bite. And then he's like, see, she stopped. But meanwhile, he's got like 15 bites on his arms. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> it was so weird. I lit. I saw that like years before I got these. So that's how you knew it was a good idea. Yeah, I get was scamming some they're of these. Super popular, and if you get them when they're babies, they're super chill. But I see, I got mine. I got my male last year at Sacramento for a trade, and I got my females um, also for a trade, a three-way trade with two friends. So yeah, buying sub-adult and adult snakes are always fun. You know, somebody else is scared of them so then you get you know stuff that's kind of wiry yeah that's never i mean typically you're not getting the the best animal in one way or another there's always kind of a surprise in it for you to be quite honest with you like you know it's i'm obviously having fun talking to you on the podcast but they are actually pretty fun and they need daily if not every other day interaction as far as like pulling the water because they shit in their water. So, I mean, honest, and far as like interaction goes, there's quite a bit of interaction there because we got to pull the water, clean up their shit. I mean, they're quite messy, believe it or not. And they still haven't bit me, but they just show like that, you know, that kind of like a, you know, like, hey, motherfucker, we're here, you know. But I'm also not going to stand there and put my hand up to its mouth, like, hi, you know, and, yeah get smacked either but they're fun dude i would like to get them um i feel like if you had like a front door opening cage and reached in it would be not so good but the fact that i can come in above them and and pick them up with my hand like in their midsection it probably helps it's not a snake that you'd want to like grab like this you know what i mean like some snakes that you can it doesn't seem like a snake that would like wrap around your hand or anything it seems like it would just end up being a weird it wants Stiff to take rope. off. Yeah. It yeah. Take off. That's why it's a treadmill snake, you know, but there's going to be somebody that watches this and be like, he's wrong. Mine's tame. You know, well, probably is, but mine are nutty. No, we've had uh, like Zach Lofman on the podcast. He does a lot of work with, with false water cobras. And uh, wow. I said, I said water the Philly way. That was bad. Yeah. Um, you said but... it. I heard it. Water. Water. <laughs> water. Um, yeah, but I mean, I know so many people who really love those animals, but it is one of those animals where it's like, yeah, you got to you got to be down with that kind of husbandry, whether it be like the the going to the bathroom or something that's going to give you a good defense, uh, at least a yeah, pose, well, which is, I mean, really rack. what people love about them. What's that? The, that defense posture. I mean, that's really yeah. why, you know, that's why so many people are interested in them. Well, I, I go in there all the time and come from above and pet their head and then never turn and like show any kind of aggression. But if you were to come from underneath, you know, I'm sure they would get a little snap or something, but that whole rack is dry Marcon and false water. And it has to be dealt with three, if not four days a week, as far as fresh water, 
and scooped and stuff because the dry mark on and the false water is just poop and you know we got to keep things clean that's just standard you know what dry mark on are you working with uh, i got five crevos black tail crevos i got a pair of got a hundred percent het um exantic male two 66 percent exantic females and then i have uh unknown as far as i don't know if she's head exantic or not female but she's modeled and then i got my modeled male so last year i had it's my first time breeding i only had the pair and i got 14 eggs but only five were fertile which is i think that's kind of common maybe it's not but also it's kind of learning like you breed them like way sooner than they lay eggs it's not like in spring you breed them and they ovulate and lay eggs it's like you breed them in like december january and then they lay eggs in like april so anyway uh we we didn't breed them this year because we moved the collection into a bigger space in an attempt to kind of like grow i got all new racks and stuff and really we're kind of stuck yet again last year when we talked we were stuck in a spot now we're stuck again we're trying to figure out a way to move either get a facility or um move to some property so i can build a shop like a real big shop like a you know you know how i do it like big ass facility you know like not a half-ass bullshit one like with an office and the whole works you know so right now are you mostly in the basement no, the whole garage, the whole garage is set up. We don't have a basement here. Um, our house is built in 09. I wish I would have had them put a big ass sink in the garage and there's just no way to add one. And that's a pain in the ass. So we have to wash everything on the outside, which is fine, but it just makes it a little harder. But uh, we moved everything to the garage for expansion because as we everything is growing, I had to get bigger racks and stuff and, and, uh, get rid of all the old, uh, not old, they were brand new, but I already sold all those brand new racks that I bought two years ago, sea serpents and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. all those nice racks. The only ha- racks I have that I bought originally are all my hatchling racks. They're the only things that were still basically, uh, you know, usable as far as in the situation I'm, I was in, as far as had to buy like all vision racks, but even then now I want to get rid of those and get all ARS, but there's this new company out of Sacramento. I'm waiting to see what they come out. They got racks coming out. They're on Instagram. I can't think of their name. You've probably seen them. They got like a yellow shield. Hmm. You seen that company? No, I don't think so. Your people in your comments probably are saying it right now. Come on, people. You guys know what I'm talking about on Instagram. <laughs> There's a new reptile company in Sacramento. It's got a yellow shield. It starts with an L. Hmm. I'm following them on my Instagram. It's like Liguini or Laguardi or something like that. They sell like everything, bro. And they came out with some really nice reptile racks. But COVID slowed it down because of components being made in China and stuff. Do they look like, like I shouldn't say that. I don't know that for a fact, but I do they COVID. look like um are they CNC'd or are they 
like just hand no they're they're they I, I believe they look there's pictures of them on there they look like ar like i shouldn't i can't say i don't know like i don't want to say they look like anything the guy might not appreciate it i think so, they look awesome lou gardy the gardy yeah yeah See, the rack <laughs> pictures on there yeah shout out to jennifer strickland in the comments she you got it them? first oh she, okay um you see the racks on their page they have yeah. I, i've definitely seen their products before and they're definitely doing a lot of different things dude just their casters look badass i mean they even came out of their own caster they hopefully they give me a percentage off for throwing their name out on this po podcast bro but they go first yeah off, First off, they're West Coast, so I can drive down there. It's nine hours, and I can pick up all these racks. So I'm waiting for that because I don't want to have to pay all the shipping prices for have all the shit shipped to me from the East Coast or Midwest or where all these other companies ship from. But I need to buy like four or five of the, uh, these high-end racks. I'm talking to spending like, you know, 10, 11, 12, you know, 12 bands, bro. I'm missing 12 <laughs> bands. I'm talking about spending 12 bands. <laughs> what do you do as far as um, how do you, how attentive are you with like the, the finances of everything as far as like, what do you spend on like your show displays on caging and all that? Is that something that you actually, you actually plan out? The show displays, all that stuff's paid for. It's all paid. What do you mean? Like, like, are you, do you have a set amount of money that you're ready to invest in things like show displays? Cause I'm always, I'm always trying to work with whatever money I make is usually going to rodents. Usually, you know, occasionally I'll throw it to, to enclosures and I'm kind of all willy nilly with it and I need to be more organized. So I was wondering if you're more organized. Well, I, you're keep doing the a, same shit. I keep a, a ledger of what's spent. I don't necessarily keep a ledger of what can be spent where, but I definitely protect I'm not like, you know, this money goes wherever it goes, you know, I'm like pretty smart about it. But as far as like, what's that, what's that uh, Jurassic Park saying? I spare no expense or whatever. Yeah. Shows. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll spend some money to make the shows look right. I mean, I bought a, a $1,200 light, you know, just for my, That's dude, not I bought this $1,200 <laughs> light. Because everybody's got these $30 desk lamps. And I'm like, bullshit. I'm like, I'm going to buy a $1,200 jewelry lamp. Like, And then people came over. They're like, other vendors like, oh, will you turn that off? It's very blinding. I'm like, go back to your fucking booth. <laughs> you wish you had this light. <laughs> it's blinding because it's fucking making my snake's back shine. You know, it's not putting <laughs> off any heat. Like, it just makes everything pop. That's why it's blinding. Dude, it's beautiful. It's a hell of an investment. I can't I turn hope it so. down. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Dude. It looks killer. <laughs> it like shoots both ways. It's eight feet each direction. Dude, it's it's just awesome. But yeah, a bunch of people come and ask me to turn it down, turn it in a different direction. Like they like they couldn't help but like look into the sun. <laughs> See, that's where I need, I need a little like, bit. Like it's not even in their eyes, but they couldn't help but stare at it. Like. <laughs> I need a little bit more of a more of your attitude because my show display kind of blows. Uh, I haven't put enough money into it. I just buy animals. I'm too worried about buying animals in enclosures. Uh, oh man, I, I don't put enough into it. It's pretty good. I always, but 
I, I, like I said, I got those new table runners. I need to throw those up. Uh, you know, Greg Power, right? Yes. Greg Power gave me some some inside stuff a week ago, two weeks ago when we were talking. We talk on the phone once in a while, and I was like, fuck, that's happening. That's happening because, you know, we're far enough apart. He's down in Texas. He's one of my good, 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 good homies. And uh, he hooked me up with some ideas. And that was one I was almost disgusted in myself for not already knowing. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, shit. That one's in it. You know, that's in the books. But uh, I don't know. You kind of have a unique setup, dude. The chalk thing, like, and the square delis, like. But I don't, I don't, I don't have a banner. I don't have a table runner. I don't have like the yeah, things you, that you should have. You don't need a table runner because you're the way your delis are set up. I don't think, but you know what you could do? You could do a table runner and you could do a pop-up banner and then you could ship that stuff and you could come to a show in Portland overnight by just shipping it and not use your chalk deal. You know what I mean? And people buy corn sinks here. You know what I mean? But Especially down in California. So much corn snakes get sold down there. It's crazy. I don't know what it's like in Pennsylvania and all the shows you, you do over there, but. Um, I, I do all right. But I mean, yeah. I thought this now year was going to be. To Port City Pet, you know, the Port City Pythons drove me nuts for a long time. You always brought it up in several conversations with me. I always liked the Python, but you you got you fixed your deal. People you know, are smart asses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I would have told them to shove it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I guess it got people talking. It was all right, but I'm I'm excited to be Port City Pet, and I need to I need I like to show it. out a little bit more. Uh, yeah, and get all it, new it, stuff. Well, no, I'm gonna say now that you what I, what I was getting at is now that you uh, fixed you know something that was bothering you for a while, and now it's all fixed up. Now you can get your banner, but Vista Print, dude, banners are so cheap, dude. Yeah. I have three three banners before I settled. And they were only like 60 bucks a piece. And, you know, now I got the one banner I have. I have four of them and I just push them all together. So they're pop-up banners. And I bought a table. So when I pop, put them up, they're eight foot. It lifts them up three feet and then I put them up. So they go up 11 feet, you know. But um, bought a Costco yeah, dude, table. I, I spent literally most weeks like thousands of dollars. And I haven't bought $60 banners. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's just cheap, something bro. I haven't done. And I just, I feel, I feel shitty for not, for not doing it. But I mean, there's no shows going on right now. And uh, I don't have deli displays, bro. Hmm. I bought, uh, I bought a deli display from a guy has like a hundred spots or 50 spots. It's like something from 1992. It had a plastic thing that goes over the top of it, was scratched all hell. So I drilled the rivets out and tossed them. And I painted it with uh, enamel refrigerator paint, white, because my tablecloths are black and my colors are silver, white, and black. And uh, I went down to San Diego and I'm always saying, no one's going to steal from me and I can't wait till they do. And uh, not San Diego, Sacramento. And uh, some kids showed up and I give away kids shirts at the shows because I pay three or four bucks a piece. And I've been I turned around to pull some kids shirts and hand them out and turned around and the fucking corner deli closest to the floor was gone. Dude, it was a turd, like a turd snake, <laughs> like, like, like a snake that was like some random, like, 
not no snakes a turd, but you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like a morph or anything. It wasn't like a high dollar value. A snow boa was one deli above it, mm. but it was like a normal boa that I was selling for a friend for like a hundred bucks. And somebody came through and popped it from below, grabbed it and ran. And uh, I was giving shirts away to kids, man. I was yeah, taking a loss, yeah. you know, like yeah. I was giving three t-shirts away for, you know, like a, a $14 loss. I mean, if, I don't think of it as a loss. I, I give t-shirts away. So what, you know, that's what I do. But somebody stole that damn snake. And I always said, I'll wait. I can't wait till somebody tries. But I always thought somebody would try when I was looking, not when I wasn't, you know? <laughs> yeah, that would be a little bit more convenient. But uh, yeah, I, I, don't, all... I don't think anyone's ready to trifle with you, dude. Yeah, well, I went around <laughs> for 45 minutes looking for that deli cup. <laughs> and I know I I typically, I, you know, I put the cheapest animals at the bottom row, even though yeah. usually my setup's usually recessed a little bit back on the table. All the cheap stuff's on the bottom. The most expensive stuff is towards the top. Not that, you know, someone still couldn't snatch something, but I don't know. I'm I'm always worried about it. But yeah, well, but I, I always keep is... underneath the table clear in case something has to happen. Because I will go under the table and I will chase someone. Yeah, just, there you go. <laughs> just because. Well, I, what I was getting at was I still haven't bought decent deli displays, though. I mean, I, I want... Everybody went to those three tier displays and I had two of them, right? And I try not to feed animals for the week of the show because they crap in the deli cup or the deli display or the display. So if I, the show is Saturday, Sunday, I try not to feed after like Monday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, like I'll feed them mm -hmm. Sunday when I get home, because if you feed after Monday, Hopefully, if you feed Sunday, they're kind of pooping by Thursday or Friday. But even then, they're probably going to shit Saturday or Sunday. I try not to poop for like, or poop. I try not to, <laughs> I try not to feed them for like seven days so they don't shit that weekend, you know. And uh, basically, I have those tiered displays that people put rice in, beans in, sand in, paper in. They have those corners are almost impossible to clean, man. He's like a Q-tip yeah. and alcohol. I traded those for a snake to somebody because I could not do it anymore. I was like, these are trash. I do not like them. I like the delis. Snake shits in it. You can either wipe out with a baby wipe or you can put it in the garbage and put a brand new one out. Honestly, the the tiered displays, they work a lot better. I mean, the first two tiers work a lot better. Um, well, they all work a lot better for ball pythons. But like first two tiers, you can see a corn snake. You get up to like the third one. The corn snakes are kind of too small. You're kind of seeing them from the side and you're not really getting the full picture of it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like the delis. I mean, it works. Yeah. yeah and, uh, well, I think the delis makes are our lives easier. People hate the delis, but dude, those three tier deals, you look like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. People, the, the one thing people say when they, when we're at the shows is, oh, I like your display just because it's different. It's not because it's nice. It's just because it's different. Yeah. Well, there was some guy in, uh, I don't know if it's Tinley, I've never been to Tinley or if it's California, that he does a display where you can like walk behind the display and his animals are like, almost look like a zoo display the way he sets it up. I saw it on YouTube on Dave Kaufman's channel. Wait, is it the, the monitor guy, Rare Earth? No, he does, uh, 
I don't know. It was retics. It was retics. I like the way he set it up, and he had the sea serpents racks heated so he could like give his snakes a rest, or he had them locked in there at night. I mean, that was cool, man. Like this guy, I respect that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always but thought I about put, doing the recessed booth, meaning like taking your spot and then putting the two tables and then one table at the back. So you take up three tables and it's like people walk into your, yeah. your show display, which I thought was always an interesting idea. I wouldn't know how to keep people from stealing shit, but um, it would probably if work. You had dry goods, if you were a dry goods booth, that'd be really the way to go. Oh, yeah. But how the isopod deal probably sells a ton of shows, doesn't it? Dude, I haven't really been able to give it a fair shot. Like I did one show kind of half-assed with the isopods. Now it's like I could I could really crush a show as far as what kind of isopods I have and kind of the prices that I can give people. And uh, yeah, I don't know what people realize also. Like at shows, isopods are super expensive. Like what I sell online, it's much cheaper than what people sell at shows. And then when I did bring them out to shows – People kind of were giving me the stank eye because they were cheaper. But, I mean, that's what prices were online, so that's where I did it. But, yeah, I would, I think I'd do well at a show. But I see them selling at shows all the time. Crazy. Crazy amounts. Yeah. Like, well, not crazy amounts, but, I mean, crazy amounts as in volume, not dollar amount. I don't know what the dollar amount is, but it seems like a 1,000 little babies or maybe it's or a hundred little babies sell for like 15 or 25 bucks or something, or I don't, I don't have anything that goes that cheap. So like, say I Maybe mean, I would it's bring 20 or 50. I don't know what it is. Even like, I just the, see the it's like little animals. containers. Yeah. The cheapest know. animals, I mean, for 12 powdered oranges or something, it's going to be, you know, you're looking at at least 15 bucks. If you're talking about like 12 clowns, you're looking at like 40 bucks. So Jesus significant, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. What I say, a thousand? Like I, I, I can tell you, <laughs> well, I, I can tell you numbers ass. off the podcast. Dude, I was just at our my parents just have this beach property, and I was there turning a fence post around, and we were burning up this old fence, and man, you should see the isopods coming out of this fence post. I bet you nobody's even seen those kinds. Washington coast isopods. They look like little flat helmets. Dude, you'd be surprised. Like, you can find like different color phases and stuff like that, like just right in your backyard. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've seen those cow ones. Those are pretty cool. I'd like to have some for the Prasina cage, but I think they'd eat them all. I bet they would. I mean, you can get, you can get like dwarf whites in which they're going to be too small for them to eat, but they don't do too much. Um, Or buy, you know, just ones that they're going to snack on and, you know, replenish them as, you, that as you may. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. You, you got to get a culture start going. You got to start your own culture and just have them, you know, replenish themselves. Jesus, I can't believe they cost that much. Somebody gave me a bunch for trade for something. <laughs> like I don't remember what it was, and I just tell people, yeah, because yeah, okay, whatever. Like take what you need. I, I don't know. Like something that I didn't want or didn't want to take home. So I took this isopod container and I looked in there and I seen like a bunch of white lice and I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I want this. So I came home and I had like, <laughs> like, like I didn't know. And I had like this container or this exoterra with uh, some red eyed tree frogs in it and stuff and put dumped it in there. And I seen them moving around. There was a ton of them in there. 
And uh, a couple months later, somebody came over and they're like, oh, I want these red-eyed tree frogs. And I was like, ah, oh, take them. I don't want them. Like, I don't remember where I got them from, but I'm not a tree person or frog person. I mean, I like trees, but. <laughs> <laughs> not frogs. I was like, they're like, oh, can I have the whole setup? And I was like, oh, you can have the frogs and you can have the fogger. I don't, but I'm keeping the cage. And uh, they took the fogger, which is probably, you know, who knows what that thing was worth. I wish I had it back for those Persina. That's for sure. Because <laughs> that would have been nice. But I remember dumping that bedding out back and seeing all those isopods, so uh, many of them. And I was like, eh, eh whatever. There's hundreds, hundreds of, of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I had no idea at the time because I wasn't interested in them and I didn't know, like, but they'd been in there for months and they were just breeding, you know. And when I got them, they were in like a butter container. And the guy originally gave them to me because he was breeding all these isopods. And they were like, you know, these little teeny white bugs. And when I dumped them out, they were like, you know, and there's tons of them. I had sphagnus moss in there and rocks and logs and stuff. And I couldn't believe how many isopods there were in there. But you never really saw them when you looked in the cage. Only when you disturbed it did you all of a sudden see all these isopods. Yeah, I so. think people people think all the time that they, you know, all their isopods are gone out of their enclosure. And then all of a sudden you lift up, you know, a water bowl or something like that. And there's a shit ton in there. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like I should have probably kept those. Eh, you know, it's that's that's the thing about uh, populating my backyard. That's the thing about all the things that we work with, right? There's the prices and the values are kind of made up in so many different things that it's like, well, you can't keep everything either. You know, you can't yeah. work with it all. And so. it's like, you're, if you don't, I don't know. If you don't have value of what an isopod is, you don't. I don't know. There's only a certain amount of people who are willing to buy, uh, you know, hundred dollar rubber duckies or something like that, which are a different type of isopod. But uh, <laughs> I, I have them. Thing. So <laughs> holy shit! Uh, yeah. No, that's like uh, you know, six of them you can get for about two hundred dollars or so. Six. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this idiot. Dude, they look like rubber ducks, though. They look like rubber fucking duckies. It's cool. I saw this guy buy some isopods, and then he was making a YouTube video feeding them to bearded dragons, and they were expensive isopods. But he was doing it for views, you know? I'm like, oh, for Christ's sakes. Yikes. Now, do you, you know? I mean, they're isopods. Oh, uh, whatever. Food is food. I guess I'm sure a lot of them get eaten, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have a bunch in like the Crested Gecko and the Gargoyle Geckos and stuff like that. And I, I hope they eat them at least. Um, they they are attracted to like their food mixture. So hopefully they, they get a few isopods in there as long as... Uh, How many uh, uh, Gargoyle Gecko eggs do you got going on? I don't have any eggs. No, not yet. Everyone's too young. I'll tell you what, though. That's a good a good little project to be working they, uh, have you worked with any? Uh, I had. Oops, I just clicked that. Um, I had some a long time ago as pets. I like the gargoyles. I think they're great, but I know they're super popular right now, and uh, I think they're awesome animals. I like that bacon line, man. Those are so cool. That orange and kind of like a yellowish stripe. 
bet uh, the guy's name on Instagram is uh Badland Herpetological. I think he's on my Instagram. Yeah, so that's that. where uh so that's Chris Payne shop. That's where all my guards yeah. are from. Yeah. So, he's a cool guy. I talked to him quite a bit. So I have uh, nice I have some of, Yeah, I have one of his bacon lines. Yeah, the um, bacon line. I actually messaged him about it and then I was like, no, 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 never mind. <laughs> I don't want to get going on it. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're worth cheap. it. They're worth yeah. it. But I was like, no, 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 never mind. Forget I asked. And it's one of those things. It's a it's a lineage of animals that's been around for a long time. You know, before before they were cool, basically. And you know, it's something yeah. that's been refined for for a very long time. And it's it's worth the money, but it is it is money. Well, when he posted the picture the first time, it was probably like two months ago, maybe that I noticed it, and I found myself. I went back and looked at it like six or seven times that day, and I was like, shit, I gotta stop looking at this. I just kept going back and I was like, Oh fuck. And then I messaged him and he said he didn't want to sell those, that line or those animals or those babies, but he had something else. And I was like, oh, I don't want anything else. I want those. And then he sent me a different line and they were okay, but they didn't have those clean crisp lines. And I said, well, I'll wait for something out of that line, you know? And that was kind of my way of waiting. And then I think later on he had the bacon line was ready. And then I, I realized if I started down, I had already messaged another friend of mine, you know, Lance, you know, Lance, yeah, Lance breeds gargoyles too. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The guy wears Lance with the kilt. I'm trying to think, sorry, Lance Kirkman. I'm I'm trying yeah, to think Lance of Kirkman. what his, um, what his company's name is. Just, he just started it. Kirk, it's just Kirkman's reptiles, maybe. Yeah, probably. Sorry, Lance. He just Lance. came out with his logo. He's probably watching right now. I love Lance. Lance is good people. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, it's Kirkman's Reptiles. Yeah. Okay, he just came out with his logo last week. Lance is local to me. He's a good friend of mine. One of the few people that are in the local hobby. I mean, I'm friends with people in local hobby, as in hobby friends, but Lance is a friend friend. Anyway, Lance and his wife breed uh, gargoyle geckos, and I messaged him, and then I was thinking about buying some from him as well. And then I started adding up where I was going with this thing. Okay. I was going to buy some from Chris and buy some from Lance. And there's another guy that I was messaging and all of a sudden I was looking at like 35, $4,000 and I was like, Whoa, buddy. That's a thing. Whoa, yep. buddy. That's a whole thing. <laughs> and then I would realize that, I mean, it's just like, no, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, don't do it, man. Are you nuts? Like just settle down. I like, I like lizards. I do, but, um, I need to stick with my snakes and, uh, I'm going to have a, a few Tegu projects and I got the Prasina and that's as far as I'm going with the lizards for now. How are you doing with the uh, Prasina? I mean, how are you, how long have you had them? Uh, how do you like keeping them? I got them in June. It's so weird. And my friend that I got them from, he produced them. They're captive bred and they're blue. They're not, they're not like a lime green. They're like blue. He told me, he's like, you know, you open the cage and you'll start petting them and you'll be like, oh, wow, these are really great and they're cool. And then all of a sudden they're going to bite you and run. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. So <laughs> like, I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I give them like a couple of weeks to figure out their stuff and 
about week number four, I get three eggs from him. And I was kind of like, oh, shit, you know. He takes such good care of his stuff. They were ovulating, obviously, around the time he sold them to me or soon thereafter. They gave me three little eggs. I think five is probably the average. But that was her first clutch. But sure enough, the female's much nicer than the male. They'll sit there. The male kind of run away more often than the female. But you get in there and touch them. And they won't move or do nothing. And then all of a sudden, they'll bite you and run. It's like they set a trap. Kind of drives me nuts. But they're pretty cool to watch. They're always out. And they like watching the cat. The cat likes to watch them. But he never messes with the cage. He just kind of sits in front and watches them. So yeah, I've heard mixed over things. Right I didn't now. know if they were, like, super shy or not. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure... Um, they're not out right now, which is kind of weird. Oh, one of them's out. Um, you can't have exports out of there anymore. Thank God. I, I hate export animals. I, 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 people like it and they think it's great and I think it's terrible. They can't export out of there anymore. So what we have here is what we got, right? Europe has a bunch and they, you know, we've got export captive bred animals, but uh, no more wild caught. So, um, Captive bread looks so much better than wild caught anyway. Like the difference is dried jerky or, you know, super nice. It's just, that's the difference. But uh, I've seen some of the imported stuff that some of the wholesalers in Florida sell and it just looks like shit. And then these things look like, I mean, it's just crazy. They look amazing. Charles Howard wanted to know if you could uh, turn the camera over and show him. You want me to walk over there? Yeah, if you, you want care? to. No, go for it. All right. There you go. Here we go. Here's the tour. How do I turn the camera on? Can I turn it around with this thing? I'll just take it Oh, uh, you should. I'm not 100% sure. Here's the female. She's right there. Is that too close or do you got a good view? No, no, that's perfect. Kind of smaller than I expected, to be honest. Well, they're they're really long. The male's hidden somewhere. It's the only animal we have in the house. And are those well, are those live plants or are those fake? Yeah, those are live plants. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, well, see, they're pretty interactive. She came, she came to the window. Yeah, and like they're not scurrying away or scared. You know, she's just hanging. The out. male would, but like I said, though, if I open that. She would uh, entertain me for a few seconds, and then she'll bite me, <laughs> and then she'll run away. It's also, I don't love about uh, things with four legs, especially the more I get into them. It's like, if they scurry away, those things move so fast, and I just don't ever want to lose one in the house. I'm so nervous about it. Well, we have uh, hardwood floors, so they really can't go very fast. It's they like, just kind of run in place? <laughs> yeah, so I just grab them. <laughs> The cat, like, <laughs> will try to. I have to hold the cat back while I get him. But oh, yeah. um, once in a while, I'll catch the kids opening the door, you know, like oh, looking no. in there. And then all of a sudden, I'll hear the lizard's feet running. <laughs> they, they want out. The lizards want out. They want to come out. They look, they look out all the time. Yeah. But yeah, they're cool. They're like they're the only thing we have uh, in the house for the most part. So, what do you feed them? It's kind of a. Uh, dude, they eat 
egg. They eat pinkies. They eat crickets. I try not to feed them crickets, but they eat pink, uh, crickets, soldier fly larvae, um, ground turkey neck, um, mango. They'll eat a little bit like a, I mean, I don't know if they eat much of that in the wild, but I mix it in with the egg. I should probably look that up, but I, I figured like a tegu, you know, like I was like, yeah, we'll see how it works. I, that's how I mix the tegu's food up and they ate it. They don't eat it as much as they do the other stuff, though. They love pinkies. I was really surprised. They'll eat frozen thawed pinkies or um, like fresh, fresh, uh, fresh dead ones. So, yeah, it's probably like a so, cheeseburger to them compared to everything else. I mean, just little balls of fat gooiness. Yeah, there's not much to a pinky, is there? No. Just balls of milk. Anything yeah. that the hognose don't eat overnight, like the babies. Oh, bastards. I just collect in like a little plastic cup and put it in there and they eat them. That's kind of what they've been eating so I don't waste the pinkies. So don't take long for the pinkies to go bad, but if, as long as they're not bad, I'll feed them to them. Yeah, that's what sucks, especially when you got so many baby colubrids. You know, like I just fed off like 100 pinkies just before the show and it's I'm going to check them probably tonight before I go to sleep. But if I didn't, I mean, they're bad by the morning. You got to throw out like 25 pinkies or something. I'd rather, you know, have an animal that could make use of them. Like yeah. some type of lizard, some a tegu or some monitor lizard or something like that. Uh, you need a pet lizard. One. I've been, I've been thinking about it. It's just the one that I want is, you know, like a house dog. Uh, What's that? I want I want a rhino iguana. Oh it's just man, they're not a house dog. A good amount of work. I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah. you really gotta work for it. I've wanted a rhino iguana a few times. Every time I get one, they're not the rhino iguana I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> they're like hold mine like this. Like, ah <laughs> I you know, I like a Lacerda. Last year I bred Lacerda. I had two two clutches from one female so far this year. Um I haven't had uh, the success I wanted. We'll just say that. So, but um, I I moved him out of the four foot vision, and I think that's that hasn't helped. I don't know. So would you move him into something smaller? Yeah, I moved him into something smaller. Because I mean, that's a huge enclosure for a jewel Lacerda. For a little right? Lacerdas, I know. Yeah. But last year they spent a ton of time outside too. I had a little outside uh, triangle. I built like these triangle enclosures. You know what I'm talking about? Just not like exactly. This. No, I just, I mean, I just built like a tent, like a triangle okay. tent. There were like one piece in the middle, two triangles for the end pieces and a square at the bottom. And I used a window screen to make the bottom. And the bottom was a latch. So I could just put it on its side, latch it and open it, put them in and close it. And then I'd put a cover on one side for shade. And they'd spend days out there, like from May till August. And I put leaf litter and stuff inside there. And dude, I think that's what did it. Them not being outside has been, ah, damn it. How much cooler why, would it why be? Change? Why change yeah. what you do when it's successful? I want, uh, Jesus. That's like the name of the game as it comes to to reptiles, man. We're, we're always trying to change things despite 
having success and then that's when you that's when you lose it yeah but i mean how cool is it to keep animals outside i mean i mean we're both in climates that don't really you know it doesn't really work for that many months out of the year but i mean that just seems like something that would really enhance the animal's life yeah it works well it works really well really for um may till especially for those guys from may till october tegus as well um april till october right now the burmese mountains have been outside um probably march till october but i've got four uh their cage is eight feet by four feet by three feet tall and i have four or five uh 100 watt uh compact heat emitters obviously they're not on but um they were on 12 hours a day they're on 24 hours a day from march till may and then they're on 12 hours a day at night from May till June. And then they haven't been on for probably a month, maybe a month and a half. And uh, they'll probably have to go back on halfway through September for the 12 hours at night. But I got to go out there and hose them off like three, three times a day. And they grow, they grow a lot when they're in the summer. And uh, I used to have a ton of them. I was trying to raise like seven or eight. So I want the kids to have like a project someday that'll be like, because like I'd love to have adult big tortoises right now, but that's not something I can have. You know, we talked about that on the last podcast, I think. Well, I've, what I've come to determine is my two biggest ones were female. It's not hard to get a male. So I was like, I'm going to sell all the little turds. The big two wouldn't let them eat anyway. So the biggest two are females right now. I mean, they're worth 1500, maybe 2000 bucks a piece. And I'll just raise those two. Those would be like the safe keeps, you know, and, uh, I got rid of all the smaller ones. And those two are like, kind of like the family pets. And then when the time comes, they won't have a hard time finding a male considering all these people are raising up these black Burmese mountain tortoises and, you know, People are raising up 10, 15, and 20 of them. Males will flood the market at some point. Females won't. Mm-hmm. So. Do you still have some of those, uh, what are their, Her- Herman's tortoises? Is that what you had? Adults? No, no, babies that you were selling. Uh, I probably sold them all. I don't have any tortoises for sale. As I think I think my, my nephew got, I don't know if it was a Russian or a Herman's from you. Either one, either way, it would have been captive bred. Yeah, must have been a Herman's. I remember. Okay, I remember selling one or sending him one. Dude, he fucking loves that it, thing. Didn't it go to the apartment and it went to? Uh, oh, so didn't, go, didn't something weird happen? I have no idea. I didn't talk to my sister out of, outside of like I just said here Shane's information. Oh. Uh, but I didn't really, I didn't really talk to her. Other than that, I just know that she has it. But they actually I think ended she up. She gave me the wrong address because it went to your dad's house or something. Oh, maybe she just sent it. Maybe she just had my she dad said, pick it up. It... Sounds like a thing she would do. I, I thought she had me send it somewhere else because she didn't want your because it's a surprise. And she yeah. gave me the wrong address, and then it went to the clubhouse, and they didn't know it was there. And <laughs> oh, the no. manager of the clubhouse called me or something. I can't remember. Oh, I mean, fuck. Yeah, it was, it was oh, fine. Oh, God. But I kept uh, 
she said it hadn't, she didn't have it. And I said, well, it's been delivered. I remember she messaged me or something, but something like that. I could have swore, but nevertheless, it's there and they're happy. <laughs> yeah, it was Dude, supposed to be a surprise. Cause I remember it was a, yeah, it was her first birthday or something. And like a pin or something. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he uh, loves it. They, he loves they it ended too. up, they ended up getting a bunch of dubia roaches delivered to the apartment that they lived in. And uh, the <laughs> landlord. The Hermans? <laughs> no, no, they have a bearded dragon that they're oh. eating it to. But they, uh, their, their landlord stumbled upon it and kicked him out of the apartment. So they just bought a house in Jersey. So they, <laughs> they had to move. <laughs> Damn, dude, he, he didn't fuck around. Yeah, they've been living there for like six years, and he was like, cockroaches, huh? Yep, that's it. You're out of here. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. <laughs> so, yeah. Having that shit. I mean, I don't... You can't blame him, I guess. Cockroaches aren't everyone's thing. That's for sure. He didn't have to kick her out. Like, hey, it's just dragon food. They don't fly. They don't climb. Hey, man, well, not everyone is as understanding as hey, she bought a house, though. That's cool. That's even better. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, like a big fuck you to that guy. Yeah, it's like making a positive step in the right direction. But, uh, but yeah, man, he loves that. He loves that animal. So, Good. so yeah, thanks, dude. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, what else are you working with as far as uh, do you have any other lizard? I mean, you have so much stuff that I don't know about, to be honest. Like, I didn't know you had dry mark on and all that stuff. No lizards. Um, dude, I try to keep that, uh, that stuff on on social media as a smaller footprint until I I get like babies because if I post like a shitload of Crebo and a shitload of false water pictures and people are constantly messaging me when are the babies gonna be here why aren't you breeding these or I didn't know you had these and I was like oh I haven't bred them yet or I can't breed them or I'm struggling to breed them and then it's like you know what I mean like not that I want to seem perfect but it's like it's, it's a, I'm already let down by like, if I don't produce with them, you know what I mean? And then I got to explain like, Oh, I'm trying or whatever. But, um, they're that whole, those projects are coming into fruition. They're coming into their own. They'll be there shortly type thing, you know, kind of like the Hondurans. Um, I did have the one pair of Hondurans this year. Pissed me off too. The male was such a wiener about locking with a female. He'd like, He'd like lock with her and I'd sneeze and he'd like smash against the wall and like hide. Like dude, it was like other snakes don't do that. So sure enough, she lays four duds. I was like, this fucking male. And then now all of a sudden, the last two weeks, he's trying to breed her all the time. Hmm. I put her in that tub while I cleaned her tub. And I look up there and he's breeding her. So I'm thinking, well, is she gonna have a late clutch or what's going on here? Like why is he doing this now when before like his attempted breeding was like that, like, uh, maybe, I don't know. And she was like trying to like, you know, like, Hey man, I'm ovulating. Like, and he's like, ah, <laughs> and so that was a failure. You know, I, I had a couple big misses this year, to be honest with you, as much as everything looks great on Instagram. I mean, that's what, you know, like, and I, I don't mind talking about it, but I mean, you people only show you what's great. They don't, they, you don't take pictures of misses. Yeah. You know, what are you supposed to put this? Nothing like a, a, just a blank spot and say, well, this happened today, you know, like, 
Um, I bought this Cal King from this clown. I blocked him on Instagram. <laughs> I tried to write a, a thing about him on Fauna, but uh, Fauna wouldn't let me because they got rid of that. Uh, the BLI? But when he took the pictures of the king snake, he took it to where you couldn't see the tail. Three pictures. And I, I dude, I'm a seasoned vet, bro. I should have caught it. Female king snake, and he's hiding the tail. That's a hognose trick because hognose get that bold tail. Mm. And uh, I've never seen it on a king snake. That's from dirty, dirty cages. They have two scent glands, just like corn snakes. If you keep them on filth, those scent glands get packed, and then the tail just swells. So I buy it, and he messages me like, when the snake's getting shipped, he's like, man, we already missed her. And I'm like, what? That's kind of weird. I already knew this guy's all turtles, like water turtles. I'm like, what's this motherfucker talking about? Like, <laughs> like I don't like this shit. You know, like, eh, this box going to be empty? Like, I was already feeling weird about it. Sure enough, it shows up. And I was like, oh, all right, it's a pretty good looking snake. Then I look at the tail, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, so i'm like oh fuck i'm fucked on this one like there's no way so i soak it in warm water and, and epsom salt and try to like loosen up this swollen tail and try to express the because you know that sense like they can get uh sepsis what's it called sepsism sepsis sepsis yeah sepsis and die because it's like an infection you get that that's like a brown sludge in there at some point i've seen hogs die from it and I try to kind of like express it. It's not going to happen. This was like a year ago. Well, I bred her this year and she didn't take because her tail is so swollen or her glands and stuff that uh, the snake's hemicanes can't even penetrate, you know, even though they locked and bred. And uh, I messaged the guy. I was like, hey, you know what? I made, I made a comment about this before, but sure enough, you know, she's not viable and you knew as well, damn well what the fuck you sold me. I usually don't complain, but, and I don't want my money back, but I just want you to know, like, you know, you're a piece of shit and I'm aware. <laughs> and I, I know, I want you to know that I know that you know that I know that you know that I know that you're a dirtbag. And you did it for 200 bucks, like for $200, yeah. dude, like, give me a break. You know, like you could have just rehomed this animal to be someone's pet snake or something. You didn't have to like push it off on someone that was making an investment. Yeah. Like it took up a tough space, you know, and uh, whatever. But stuff like that. What, what do we get onto this for? That was crazy. I went off on a tantrum. <laughs> I don't know. It's been, it's been a know. little oh, bit. We're talking about pictures. But uh, he hid the photo. Fo- anyway, he hid the tail thing in the photo. But anyway, when anybody listening, and then for you and myself, constant reminder, man, when you when someone's buying a snake, dude, if uh, you can't see that whole snake, especially where its tail is, and it's, uh, you know, well, ask why they're hiding it. Hey, what, what, why can't I see that tail, you know? And I think that's something to where when I was first getting into snakes, and I always get I always get a little frustrated if someone's like, you know, let me see this, let me see that, and extra pictures and stuff, but I'll I'll usually do it. But that's something a practice that I think I used to do, but now I don't really do as much. Like ball python guys back in the day used to like always praise do that before you you uh you get a snake. But it's been so long since like I not bought from someone who's like 
a friend and who I know wouldn't fuck me yeah. over. But but that's definitely like a good practice to do, and I should probably remember that more uh, than I typically, you know, because I well, don't do what it I ever tend now. to do is I don't even ask for pictures when I buy animals. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I expect people to be honest, and I don't buy from strangers. I know pretty much everybody now, and I know who's a dirtbag and who's not, and I know. I don't associate with people that aren't. We all know who the dirtbags are. It's not mm-hmm. hard to see. And we all know who the good people are. And uh, I just ask, is there any cosmetic issues with this animal? And I say, no, I take them for their word. Mm-hmm. And I also don't buy adult animals at all anymore, period. Because when I first started, I bought adult animals. And at some point you have to ask yourself, why is a breeder selling an adult female? When I was young, not in age, but in the hobby, I didn't ask myself that. I just thought, wow, what a deal. Especially with the hog nose. Dude, I spent That's, a lot yeah. of money on hog nose. And these pricks sell adult female hog nose that aren't doing so well. And mm. you might get lucky enough to get a season out of it. And then guess what? That hog nose is either going to croak or it's going to have a bunch of issues. And everybody knows, you know, the hog nose people anyway, they know what the hell I'm talking about. I've been there. You either buy yearlings. I did it. Or you you either buy yearlings or you buy babies. I'll buy yearlings because sometimes it takes a year to sell an expensive, you know, three, four thousand dollar hog nose. Not everybody's coming through the door when the snakes have five meals with a thousand dollars or four thousand dollars to buy a hog nose. It might take 12 months. It might take six. But I am not going to be knocking down the door to buy a four-year-old albino conda anytime soon. I learned my lesson. You know what I mean? Like, or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old. Now, I have two or three close friends in the hobby that I wouldn't second-guess buying anything from them. But that's because they're, like, friggin' close friends. But... Yeah, some things need to be said, man. Some things need to be pointed out. People um, might sell adult females because they no longer need the het female. And that makes sense. They got a visual now and they don't want, they don't have the space to have multiple females and they're going to sell the het. But, you know, you're going to have to pick or choose what you believe in. And, and because like you said, it happened to you and sure shit, it happened to me. Well, this for me, this is kind of like what I consider like my rebuilding year or maybe it's maybe not not the best way to put it. But basically, I'm taking my females who are, you know, they're five years old, six years old. I've had two to three years out of them, which is just enough time to have their offspring replace them. And I'm able to have babies that I, you know, I produced from, you know, right out of the egg and fed them the whole time through everything that I want to do. And so now I can move some females because I just don't have room to keep all the females. So like right now I'm, I am selling, you know, a certain amount that. of adult female breeders. And like, dude, those things are a hundred percent solid, a hundred percent. I could probably breed them for, you know, at least eight more years or something like that. If I really wanted to, their clutch sizes are only going up if not staying the same. So it's like, yeah, every once in a while you will, but you got, you got to know the situation of why it's happening. You're um, also a reputable person. You're also a corn yeah. snake breeder. You know what I mean? You're not you're not selling snakes in the shadow of the night. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
<laughs> there's a reputation on the line for most of us who, you know, are in the public and have a name in front of us and, you know, evergreen stay reptiles, you know, that's that doing bad deals. I mean, everyone knows, man, it's hard. It's hard to get away with stuff after a certain amount of time. Although I know some people who remarkably get away with it consistently and uh, it's hard to keep people accountable also Dude, in this hobby. I know a certain individual who has so many good, good reviews that at, that's screwed over so many people that the people that have been screwed over think that they can't say anything because the guy has so many damn good reviews and all of a sudden I'm seeing these bad, re bad, not reviews, but bad situations add up and the good reviews aren't even fucking buyers. They're just fucking fan club people. You know what I mean? And yeah. then the people that are buying are losing their asses. It's mm -hmm. the craziest shit I've ever seen. But nevertheless, um, yeah, man, it's a rebuilding thing for me this year with Hognose. I, I produced 38 Hognose Westerns. 38. This is my individuals or clutches. 38 individuals. Okay. I lost. Um, I didn't lose. I had three infertile clutches and uh, I've never had a single infertile clutch. And I had one clutch that was half infertile and um, I lost two females in brumation. I'm not going to admit it. Shit happens. And none of that shit I raised myself. Nothing I bought as babies. That's uh, stuff I bought as adults. I don't know how old it was. You know what I mean? Like, never again. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so, anyway, um, I didn't hold enough back either. That's the stupid part. I got excited, you know? Producing yeah. these animals, people talking, want to buy. Hey, I'm here. Let's talk. Let's sell. I love it, but you know, and uh, my double clutching female, my favorite female of all time, 24 and 22 eggs in one season, two clutches, didn't keep any of that genetics back. And I feel like that's a hereditary thing, you know, like, and I didn't keep that back, dude. Ouch. Yeah, I Yikes. think what I've, I've been, the, the more generations I'm breeding, the more I want to breed for animals that feed well, animals that reproduce well, and really not just looking at like the looks of the animal, but really thinking about, you know, the actual like physicality. Uh, I don't know what I want to call it, but, you know, the actual fecundity of the, of the animal and the health of the animal. I think that's, you know, super important so that we don't end up with like bulldogs, you know, with that can't breathe oh, or yeah. something like that. You know, like we want to breed things that are also healthy. I bought two super condom males, albinos, right? Um, over a couple year period. And one of them had the biggest bulges eyes you ever saw. And I never bred him, thank God. But at the same time, I would have, because I didn't really know any better until I bought my other one. And he showed up and I was like, what the hell? Side by side, I'm looking at him. I'm like, this is not a snake that I want to carry the genetics over to. I didn't realize that the anaconda, excuse me, the albino and a hog nose gives it not 
bug eyes, but bigger eyes. And if you look, start looking at people's pictures, you see that. So that was pet only and not going to breed any, any genetics. The other albino, beautiful, normal size eyes. But, you know, like I said, I lost those two girls in uh, formation. You know, those were old snakes. And I bought those recently, like in the last two years. Like, why the hell did I buy an old snake? It's because I didn't know how old they were. Right. You know what I mean? Like, damn, that's a learning curve. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and that affects you. And you're buying them from names that are out there as as big dogs, you know? And they knew they had old snakes. Like, oh, somebody might get a year out of them. They might not. I don't care. I'm going to get money for this snake. So. That's kind of why I love cord snakes. They're they're always viable, at least. You You know, know, for the most part, they're so solid. It doesn't affect you... uh, financially what affects you as your uh like your um like your raw raw mentality you know like your you know like you know like your go get a mentality you know when something like that happens you're like fuck this i'm folding up you know what i mean mm-hmm. like just those setbacks yeah the setbacks are like i'm gonna fold up i'm done you know what i mean like the raw raw like you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the good shit. You know what I mean? Like the fun stuff. I mean, that, that happens to me like, like multiple times a year, right? Like something happens. Well, it happens like, to everybody. Fuck. But yeah. then hopefully, hopefully some more good things happen to set you, to set you back on the right track. Exactly. You know, it's kind of, yeah. Oh, a bunch of good things happen. You got to learn from mistakes that we make, but then there's stuff like that where the mistake you made was just buying an animal that you forgot to ask how old it was, you know what I mean? And you can't tell by looking at it because it doesn't have gray hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so anyway, yeah. Folding up shop, man. Done. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to bed and wake up the next day and you're like, fuck that. I'm going to rule this. You know, you come back at even tougher. Yeah, it's like you, I don't know, in this game, you you put so much time into these animals, just like nothing. It's it's one thing to be your work, but it's also, you know, years of your life. If you just think about how many years you take growing animals up and stuff like that, it's like, if I, if I quit now, I have wasted seven years or, you know, however many years you have in a project yeah. or something like that. And uh, I think I'm stuck here. I think I, I've built my own prison. And I'm here for life. That's yeah, I mean, definitely have goals, man. I, I got a goal to, uh, I really want that shop, man. I mean, not, I don't mean a storefront. I mean, a shop on my property with, uh, you know, that's what I want. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get it. I'm close. What would I'm be close. your ideal way of building them? How would you do it? Um, You know, I had a room, a room for cooling and a room for, uh colubrids and a on a room for um boas and pythons and then no i wouldn't have a huge shop you know i just i've seen the way other people have done it um i'm not talking a fucking mansion i'm I'm talking like you know something that's like 15 by 40 or whatever and uh that's sizable man that's not that's well, I mean, it may nothing. be even bigger because I might need to store some other stuff in there, like a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing is, man, I, I don't, I don't breed my own rodents, and uh, 
Someday I'd like to, because I tell you what, boy, if you've seen that rodent bill, that <laughs> thing is adding up. I keep a ledger of how much I spend on rodents, obviously. And God bless. I was telling my dad the other day, it was over 3000 already this year. And he like, he like grabbed his heart and like fell off his chair. <laughs> he got all upset about it. You know, he's like, Jesus, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who the hell spends that kind of money on that shit? I'm like, well, you know, it's part of it, you know, but. Yeah, I breed. Probably, uh... I mean, it really, it'd probably be a lot more than 3000, but. I had quite a bit that I had bought last year in November. So, I mean, you know, it'd probably be like five grand. But yeah, I breed a, a very small colony of mice just for live feeders. And this year I realized that I didn't, I didn't raise up enough babies. And now I just have all these really old fucking mice that don't want to reproduce anything. So I think I'm just, I just have all these geriatric mice and I'm not reproducing anything so i think i gotta go out and get some live mice from someone anyhow and uh yeah it's it's hard when i'm when i keep up with my collection when i keep up with my collection sometimes i'll fall behind on like you know making sure that the mice are young you know feeding off the old ones and raising up some old ones ones are good meals for the mice i know yeah i mean they would be snakes i mean yeah yeah and there's definitely uh you know, they only they only give you a few years, and I've had them probably for two and a half years or so. So they're getting up yeah. there. Yeah, I bought some from another guy one time. He said, "Oh, these these mice won't breed anymore." And I bought I don't know there was five or ten old females in this bucket, and I brought them home live, and literally not one but two of them gave birth in the bucket on the way home. <laughs> And I was like, good God, this guy, like, this older guy, you know, didn't even know what he's doing. I think he gave me, like, new females. But I can't keep those, dudes. If I even have those in the truck cab on the way home, like, when I go pick live up, my throat starts scratching. And I'm like, Ugh. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, I can't do mice, man. Yeah. Just can't. Can't have live mice nowhere. I gotta wear a mask. Yeah, I've been in those like uh, those rooms where like legit rodent facilities where the ammonia just kind of hits you in the face and like you start crying and shit. It's yeah, it's not the best. Oh, it's disgusting. I've seen where people burn rodent bedding. Who's Terrible. doing that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, I guess it, you you got to do something. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. What do people usually do to get rid of the waste uh, with large facilities? Know. Probably put in the recycle bin, I guess. But a friend of mine, he told me this one guy in California, he said he's got chickens and mice, and this dude burns it in his wood stove in his house, bro. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I'm not that's, making this up. That's disgusting. That's filthy, huh? That is fucking nasty. Oh, man, that is a dirty human. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't even want the bedding in my... In a house that's like a $700,000 house. Burning the... (laughs) Burning in the wood... In the wood... In the... In the wood stove. So... That is a dirty human. (laughs) When your house has wheels, I mean, the standards get lower, I suppose. And uh, I don't know, man. Some people doing their own thing out there that's a lot oh, though that's funny 
All right. Well, shit. Right, we hit the two. We hour made mark. it. Yeah, we made it, yeah. man. So, uh, if anyone wants to contact you, where can they find you? Instagram, please. <laughs> um, I, I really, I, I, I hate Facebook, man. I, I got almost five thousand followers on there, and I want to hit that five thousand mark, but I can't stand Facebook. I wish I could uh, delete my personal Facebook and just have the business page, but they won't let you do that. Drives me nuts. It's a cesspool at the moment. No, I mean, even before that, I just mean, I'm talking about Facebook a year ago. I'm talking, (laughs) I've always hated Facebook. I I like Instagram, but I'm talking like, I wish my Facebook could just be my business account and I could just have my Evergreen State business account and just go to like reptile groups and not have Shane Woldridge on Facebook because I don't want to see all these fools from high school, they all, like, you know what I mean? Like I tried to, I tried, dude, I had like 2000 friends on there last year and I got rid of down to like a hundred people and just had my grandparents and like my family members on there because I figure the reptile people, they have me on Instagram. They have me on evergreen state reptiles on my Facebook business page. And I don't want people on my face. Yeah. You know, I just don't want Facebook. So I, I, someday I might delete that deal, but it's pretty tough to do when there's 5,000 followers on the business page, but Instagram yeah, is so much better. That. Yeah. No, and it sucks because you can't app. really reach people, but I have that Facebook app where I can just do the business page and I monitor it and I write back to everybody who talks and I handle my messages and stuff. But I just, um, I think Facebook kind of even, with everything that's going on in the world today way before that i i didn't like facebook for what it was i'm talking three or four years ago even you know during everything that was going on in the world then so but instagram or email evergreenstatereptiles at gmail.com uh email and instagram uh dm is great uh facebook evergreenstatereptiles llc uh direct message or uh, send a raven or a falcon or, you know, hit Joe up and he'll be the middle guy. <laughs> That's not my preferred way to do it. But uh, you can hit me <laughs> up at Port City, Port City Pet on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. PortCityPet.com. Please check out Isopods, all of that, as well as some bedding. And we have some animals available, as well as Emily and Ed of Snake Discovery. Go check out them everywhere in which they are because they have some cool animals coming up as well. Shane, thanks for hanging out. See you guys. Catch you guys later.